Hi, I'm Kay McKean from Skierce. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches. He's gone deaf from 20 years of answering gardening questions. And she. Uh, here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. No, I got it. I got it. Ron, Ron say, did I sign up? You don't need to sign up. I got. Yeah, I got, signed you out. I got you covered here, dude. All In right. fact, we're live on Facebook now. Are we? Yeah, we're three, live. Ron's did we gone. count down? Did we do a three, two, one? No. We didn't do any of that stuff. Okay, doesn't matter. Okay, hi. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Uh, and welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, on a Saturday morning, and uh, we've got our, our guest is already here in the studio. He's not the, showing on the camera for some weird reason. Oh, he has to. You're going to have to come this way, dude, if you want to want to be part of the show. There you go. There he is. Those of you, Bing, and now see what happens is all the people watching on Facebook Live so that they can see uh, Jody Osmond from uh, Cedar Valley, or or as Facebook said, Jody Osmond of at two seven six three eight nine. What? what? What's that? Did you do that? Uh, no, that was the tag for Cedar Valley Sustainable You Farm. did the tag and it popped yes. up that? Yeah, and we're hearing Brandon typing away. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people who get upset. They, oh, and that, and you, and look at that. You chased the, oh, no, they came back. They're back. Right, they're right. Well, good morning. Well, you know, yeah, I was having my issues with uh, Mark Zuckerberg last night, my favorite person in the whole world. Um because uh, uh, his, I've realized his personal goal is to make my life miserable, and, and I, he was I, succeeding. And uh, it was working last night about eleven o'clock. Yeah. So, but it doesn't matter because it's all up there. You can go to MikeNovak.net and see all the information for our show. You can go to Facebook, uh, and 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 as Peggy mentioned, we're streaming live on Facebook because uh, we've got my buddy Jody Osmond here in the studio, and uh, we're going to get to him in a second uh, if he can hang on. Although he's got his. He's got his sign here. He's got, uh, you can hold that up. Wait, I'll see. It's, let's get it where we can't. Wait, hold on. All right, let's do this right. So for those of you not watching on Facebook, Mike is holding up a sign that says Thanksgiving turkey, which we will talk about. And you got to do it backwards. That's the weird thing. We will talk about sustainable You have to do that turkeys. backward, and that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. Because uh, it's like a mirror image. Or maybe it's forward. I don't know. Anyway, we'll be talking about that in a second. But we do have a big announcement. Uh, and that is a little change in schedule. Wait, do we need a... Um, Drum roll? I have one. I don't know that... Uh, I think we've used oh, it before. I think that's that like, really weak drum roll. Yeah, I think it's really just nasty. But let, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's see how nasty it is. Yeah, that's pretty awful. <laughs> that's like Funk. that's just sad. What if we, we gotta what work if, on that? What if we try? Oh, there you go. Brandon's in there. He's been practicing his drums. Look at that. Where did you get that one? Is that like standing by, ready to go? Yeah. How many other sound effects have you got in there? All right, turn it off. Well, it's getting likes, so that's good. All right, that's more or less uh, what. Uh, oh, and I've got one for you. <laughs> this is for our friend Jody, which we'll have to play later. As God is my witness, <laughs> I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> okay, I bet you don't have that one in there, Brandon. Uh, anyway, the announcement is that in a, 
in about uh, three weeks, uh, we are we're bailing on Saturday. We're out of here. Uh, and we're going back to Sunday, just Sunday. I mean, we're already we're on, on Sunday. Sunday. Already, yeah, yes. yeah. So you, you know, if you're listening on Sunday, you're going to um, hear us anyway. Uh, but uh, we're consolidating and just packing all of the information into two hours on Sunday because um, it makes both of our lives a lot easier, <laughs> which we appreciate. Um, so starting, um, hi Amy, uh, who's who's watching on Facebook, and she said hi. Um, and, uh, Renato, hello. And, uh, Amy and Renato on, on the 11th of, uh, um, November, we will be on Sundays from nine to 11, like we are now. We just won't be doing the Saturday show anymore. So if you want to catch the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki, it's Sunday. It's, and it's back to our, my roots, you know, having done that for years, Mm -hmm. At Progresso Radio. And, and at Q4, we were Sundays night At 11. Q4, Pirate Radio. Arr, Pirate Radio. Um, and uh, so now we're just kind of going back to that because people seem comfortable with it. And that's great with me. And my feeling is you make a cup of coffee and um, you sit and you listen to the show. And, uh, you know, because Saturdays people are busy and they're, mm-hmm. there are a million places at once. And they got the kids and the, the, the trying to find a cool leather jacket. <laughs> Uh, at the store, and that's a that's an inside joke uh, for Casey Tomato, who might or might not be listening. He sent me the best. Uh, <laughs> he sent me the best Facebook post this morning, which is uh, here's the headline: Study finds owning cool leather jacket more rewarding than raising children. And you know what? That's true. I don't know if you guys realize that. All right, Jody Osmond coming here next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash green expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. So what's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be then donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner's Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMille. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago Smart Talk. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. Brandon, Judy is writing on Facebook Live. Um, she was hearing you when you said that we could not. <laughs> the button needs All right. I probably had the button pushed wrong. Busted. And I did. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Our guest today in the studio is an old buddy of mine. Welcome back to the show. 
uh, Jody Osmond from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA. Is it Sustainable Farm or Sustainable Farm CSA, or is it Farm and CSA? What it's you- it's Sustainable Farm, and we do CSA, and CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, where consumers and farmers come together in mutually beneficial relationships. Um, consumers sub- essentially subscribe to a farm, and a farm delivers food. Um, mm-hmm. Most people are familiar with vegetable CSAs. Um, we did that um, when we started 15 years ago. We are a vegetable CSA. And 10 years ago, um, we broke new ground and became the first meat and egg CSA serving Illinois and the Chicagoland area. That's, um, that's remarkable, actually, when you consider you say it was about a decade ago. Correct. That there were, were no meat and egg CSAs. There might have been you might have been able to get eggs in a CSA, but probably not meat, right? Cor- correct. Um, when we were building the the platform for it, um, we you know of course were searching for other farms that might be doing something similar, and we found some out in Massachusetts and in California that um, we could kind of look at and see what they were doing. But there was nothing in the Midwest, um, and now. Ten years on, I think there's probably close to a dozen meat and egg um, CSAs in the Chicagoland area. So that's re- and again, that's remarkable because it just shows you how the food movement has progressed in the past decade. Um, Fifteen years ago, if we talked about it, it was a completely different animal. No pun intended. Actually, pun intended. And uh, but now. It's a big deal, and people talk about sustainability and urban ag and local food, and it's it's part of the lexicon in a way that it just wasn't a decade ago. That That is true. However, our success um, means that there's a lot of big players um, that are coming in and trying to co-opt that. Mm-hmm. That language. Well, I didn't mean that at all. I mean, I mean, I you know, yeah, I understand that. No, no, but... we're we're we're. In, in some ways, we're victims of our own success in spreading the word and talking about the importance of local. But if you look at some of the um, fresh delivery food services, they talk about local. Mm-hmm. They serve a national audience, and I'm sure the food is coming from thousands of miles away in individually packed and wrapped portions um, for, for meal kits and that sort of thing. But if you listen to their ads, they talk about local and sustainable farms and Are you saying they're not being truthful? I am. I'm shocked. I I would say they're shading the truth quite a bit. Um, so it might be produced sustainably and perhaps in a humane way, but part of the issue of local food has mm-hmm. been the distance from farm to table, and that has been the big story all along. Or the big argument is that. If you're if it's fifteen hundred miles, that's not sustainable right. because of all the energy involved to transport it and other issues. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of issues, and also the type of farming and the community supported nature of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it completely cuts out that piece of knowing your farmer, being able to ask questions, and know who's growing your food and how they're doing it. Um, you know, you'd have to go through many layers. Um, to find a farmer, and you probably would be hard pressed to do that. Uh, to to find a farmer who find wh- find the farmer who's growing your food if you're um, taking advantage of one of these meal kit services. Ah, one of the okay, no, and one I'm of not the e- big national ones. Yeah, yeah and I'm not even small ones. I'm not even familiar with the the meal. I, I, would you explain exactly like, what you're like, talking like about? What are you talking a about? A blue apron. Or one of the others. Blue, Blue Apron, Hello Fresh. Oh, um, those guys where you make your meal. At- they send you a box oh. with your vegetables for the week, Your sometimes the meat for the week. It's all packaged. It has recipes. You can go to their website. You can go to their app, get all that information so you can make gourmet meals, air quotes. I now I know with, what you're talking with, about, with and, local I know, fresh and I know food, the people who advertise for those those people. And, but the, and the the really frustrating thing about about those services is each ingredient is separately packaged mm-hmm. so you're yeah. you're piling immense amounts of so again again it's not food. sustainable because you've got plastic you've got places that are being tra- you know large distances over which it's being transported etc and and i have to admit I'll, I'll be really honest with you those 
I've never used one of those services. I barely am cognizant that they exist uh, because I hear that stuff and it just goes right over my head, right past me. I don't, I'm, I'm one of these guys who has a really scary ability to tune out commercials, uh, which is not good if you're a radio guy and you're trying to sell commercials on your show. But You, you must not be in the podcast listening world because really? just about every podcast that I listen to is either a HelloFresh or a Blue mm-hmm. Apron sponsor. sponsor. They're, they're, they're huge. Now I'm feeling and, jealous. And, and they've it's kind like, of how taken we... <laughs> over the industry, uh, a lot of the industry really? discussion, and even in some of the... The bigger health and wellness shows, Expo East, Expo West. There's been a lot of talk. Of, See, and of and I, this has not even been on my radar. Uh, I because will be it's real... not something that that's not the way you eat. Yeah, but you know, it's what I talk about, and I'm just kind of surprised. Now, the uh, what kind of podcast do you find them on? Can you can you name names? I can I can name names. Um, the Pod Save the World um, podcast. Um, the crooked me- crooked media is their their home. Um, also, the James Altucher um, podcast. Um, some of the bi- those are some of the big ones. I'm not. Uh, sure. So you're a podcast listening guy. I I don't listen to a lot of live radio, um, but except I, for this show. Ex- <laughs> I don't, I don't push it. I, don't push it. Okay. I have listened to to, to Mike's podcasts in the past. Um, in fact, you've had them uh, posted on your uh, on your website. But so, on 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 the farm, um, I don't get the best radio mm-hmm. reception. So I will download um, you know a couple hours of podcasts for when I'm I'm working at the farm. Um, and and yeah. let's let's talk about that. We got sort of, sort of sidetracked here. I mean, I am fascinated by that, and I I do believe we're talking about uh, a radio show segment about those kinds of businesses mm-hmm. and that model for the business. I'm um, taking a note. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling we're going to return to that issue. But I want to talk about uh, Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm and, and some of the work you've been doing because you've been, you've been all over the globe basically <laughs> talking slow food. You're a, you're a fancy guy. I wouldn't go so far as to say fancy, but I, I am a passionate guy and I'm passionate about um, local sustainable food, um, and also, um, diversity in that food system. Um, like you mentioned, I, I have traveled a little bit. Um, you went to Italy, uh, last year, a little over a year ago, the end of September last year, I traveled to, um, Torino, Italy mm-hmm. for, um, Terra Madre and Solane del Gusto. And which, please explain what that is. Which, which is, <laughs> I was going to say Gesundheit, but that's the wrong language. Slow food is um, an international movement that began in the late '80s um, when the first McDonald's went in across from the Colosseum in Rome. And I was okay. I'll be really inter- uh, honest about this as well: is that when I, when I was doing research for this. I was surprised that the slow movement went back 30 years. That that sort of shocked me. Given given what you were talking about that a decade ago you really didn't even have CSA, you didn't have a meat CSA in Illinois or or in the country there were very few. So the idea that the slow m- food movement has existed for 30 years is surprising. It's it's been building um there there was an organic movement like 40 years ago. Well, yeah, the organics is different though. Yeah, so organics and then slow move uh, slow food kind of came out of that and then we slow, slow food is kind of the answer to the um fast foodification of everything. Um Carlo Petrini is the founder of the organization and he said we don't need slow food. We don't need fast food. We need slow food and it's it's all about sitting down and communing over a meal. And it, it starts as a, a kind of a almost a punchline answer to the to the question of fast food but really when you plumb the what's behind it it's it's more complex and and it's 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 much broader than just hey we're the opposite of fast food it's it's so there's so many aspects um communing around the food and actually taking time and being aware of what you're eating not just stuffing calories into your mouth but also Thinking about where the food is coming from, yeah. who's raising it, who's processing it, and how they're being treated, and making a food system that is good, 
clean and fair for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and pa- past my work um, at um, Terra Madre and, and presenting there about um, the Slow Meat Initiative, um, I've also been been involved with Slow Food USA's movements to um, move the needle on industrial animal agriculture to one that is more humane, more sustainable, um, and more diverse um, for, for everybody. And, and humane, it's not just the animals. It's the people taking care of those animals of course, in yeah. despicable, conditions, un- unhealthy conditions. And but getting it, paid very little. And being paid very little, often undocumented mm-hmm. um, immigrants doing that work. But also— Danger. Um, it can be dangerous work as it's, well. Farming is one of the most dangerous, but it's also very dangerous in the pro- on the processing plants. And that's mm-hmm. been – there's been a huge amount of consolidation in the industry, in the processing inju- industry. And that, that's um, what I was doing this past summer um, at Slow Food Nations in Denver. Um, we, we had a panel and a discussion on corporate consolidation globally – and if in I the can meat industry. jump in real quick, so that was a the big Slow Food annual conference. Slow Food Nations is alternating with Terra Madre okay. now. Um, it started out um, in 2015 as the Slow Meat um, conference, um, and it's been held in Denver ever since. Actually, I think it was 2014. They skipped a year, but now they're doing Slow Food Nations, which which is the North American mm-hmm. um, Slow Food conference. And it's alternating with the Terra Madre. Terra Madre will actually be in 2018 again. Every two years is Terra Madre. Slow Food Nations um, was this was a four year a four day conference in in Denver this year. And you were a panelist. And panel I was a speaker there. I was a panel speaker on breaking the corporate stranglehold on meat processing, um, and an organization called the. Um, organization for Competitive Markets um, is spearheading moves to um, break the checkoff programs, commodity checkoff mm-hmm. programs, um, where basically commodity producers, farmers, are being taxed um, with every either pig, cow, bushel of corn or soybeans. A bit is taken off the top of their their payment when they sell that. For promotion of their product, of course, the control of that is a quasi-governmental industry group: um, National Pork Producers, National Cattlemen's Beef Association. And I'm sure that those guys aren't particularly interested in slow meat, are they? They're not interested in slow meat, and they're not particularly interested in taking care of cattlemen or pork producers or corn growers or cattle or 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 hogs or uh, or, you know? or the animals. Yeah, the 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 people they're beholden to are people like Smithfield and JBS Swift. Mm-hmm. And the, the big it, companies, the 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 giant. They're the not gi- big. They're they're <laughs> colossal. They're beyond companies. big. Okay. Um. At at this point, four companies, in, for example, in the pork industry, four companies control about seventy five percent of the market. Um, economists say that once four companies control forty percent of the market, that's an issue. Ah. And when it's approaching 60, 70, and in some industries approaching 80%. And you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen eventually is those companies will be bought up by the, you know, there's four, and one of the companies will buy up two of them, and then there'll be two, and then finally there'll be one, and and then all of the meat in America will be, or the world will be controlled by one company. This is where we're headed as as a society. It's, it's, It's kind of scary. Um, and also, it's it's a little disheartening. Um, you know, the local food movement has made huge strides in the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, however, sometimes it's a a one step forward, two steps back. It was recently announced that um, the USDA would be pulling back from enforcement of the the GIPSA rules, and GIPSA is an acronym for um, the General Inspection Packers. And Stockers Act, which is is a basic basically 
antitrust enforcement mm-hmm. in agriculture. Um, when when there was trust busting, there was a carve out for agriculture separately from the folks who go after AT&T or um, U.S. Steel for being monopolies. So um, agriculture was carved out of that. GIPSA rules were written in the 20s, but there's been little or no enforcement since then. And the USDA was about to actually fund and put some teeth to that enforcement, and they just announced that they're pulling back. Well, and then, and then administration changed. Correct. I, I mean, we're mm-hmm. in, the environment for this, speaking in the broad sense, is not good. You're you're swimming upstream right now. All right. That is uh, Jody Osmond from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA. Uh, you're welcome to call us at 847-475-1590. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Join us. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Hey, Ron Cowgill. Yes, Mike Novak. How would you like to drive the safest, quickest, and most capable sports utility vehicle in history? Legally? Of course legally. In fact, you would own it. Legally? Stop saying that. I'm talking about the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X. You mean the one that comes standard, all-wheel drive, seating for up to seven adults, and up to 295 miles of range on a single charge? Yes. The one that can accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds? Yes. How did you know that? I'm reading the script. Oh, well, then you probably know that only 2,500 tickets will be sold. They're 100 bucks each. You can purchase as many as you like, and the drawing is December 7th. Do I have to be present to win? Nope. Do I have to live in Illinois? Nope, just the lower 48 states. Is this the part where we read the disclaimer stuff really, really fast? Nah, this is where we tell people to get details at IllinoisSolar.org. You're good. Yeah. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk. WCGO. Hang on. I say two. Speaking of revolutions, <laughs> we do want to change the world. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hey, each issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine has a feature called Garden of the Pros. As you can imagine, they never ask me to write that article, and for good reason. This month, it features someone I have worked with, Stephen Meyer, the Chicago Park District's horticulturist. He's a great guy who designs beautiful gardens for the public and for himself. That's called double dipping, and it's not fair to the rest of us, (laughs) mainly because if we're lucky, uh, well, we're, we're lucky if we can get even one garden right. But sometimes... Life just isn't fair. Read my column on the inside back page of every issue, for example, and you'll get the picture. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com if you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South. Try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Our guest this morning, uh, an old buddy of mine, uh, and because I go and visit him every time he's at the Logan Square Farmer's Market, 
um, every time I'm there, not when he's there, because he's there every week, and I haven't been able to get there very much uh, recently. Uh, it's Jody Osmond from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA. Um, I want to get a little local here. We were talking broader picture about the food movement, although I do have a question, and, and it, it does kind of relate to local, which is when you're dealing with folks in the slow food movement, do you still get people who look askance because you're a meat producer? There, there, there occasionally is, is some of that at our um, slow, slow meat um, conference the last se- several years. Yeah. Um, there has been a vegetarian and vegan option at mm-hmm. the slow meat conference. So, so a, a, a track, a, a vegan and there, vegetarian track. Kind there, of? there, there, there is is a track because slow meat is also about animal welfare, mm-hmm. which there there's a lot of overlap. If you're drawing sure. a, a Venn diagram, that there are there is intersectionality mm-hmm. um, among those movements. We're we're not exclusive of non meat eaters um, when it comes to that. Uh, as as an no, organization, as as an say, organization you, you welcome them into it to, to discuss this with you. Um, what what we um, like to promote is less meat, better meat. I like that idea. Less uh, meat, better meat. Yeah, we 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 don't need to put meat in the center of our plate. You don't need to eat hamburger every day of the week. Of course, no three, three no. meals a day. No, it it can be you you can go a day or more without meat. Um, you know, we meatless Mondays is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, stuff like that. I do it all the time. I, I will, uh, you know, a couple of days will pass and I'll realize I haven't had any meat for a couple of days. It's not a big deal. No. And, and, and it's, it's a discussion we're, we're happy to have. Um, the industrial meats production system is unsustainable. Yeah. But when you're moving to integrated cropping, vegetable, and livestock, that's that's the way farming has been done for thousands of years, where the the livestock component enriches and supports and provides that fertility and diversity on, on a farm. Unfortunately, with our mega farms, farm farmers have struggle moving all their equipment around to harvest fifteen hundred, two thousand. 25,000 acres mm-hmm. of grain. If they had livestock on all of that ground to manage as well, they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, in, in, my, in my county, in LaSalle County, occasionally there will be a, a farm field that doesn't get harvested in the, win- in, in the fall. And what, what that is is these large mega operators will have many thousands of acres chunked up into 100, 150 acre fields, and they'll just miss one. And but, but they yeah, don't. They, they, they don't know they've missed it. Well, oftentimes the landlord will call them in the in December. Hey, are you going to harvest? And <laughs> what what happens is they they might lose that one parcel of ground, <laughs> but when they've got dozens or hundreds of of parcels, yeah. they just they just get a rent another one and somebody else picks that. Right. So let's, let's go to your operation. Obviously a smaller operation. Uh, you say it's in LaSalle County. Um, and, you know, you had a lifestyle change 15 years ago where you were, like a lot of folks, you were in a in an office and, and, do, and although you, there's a history to farming in your family and you kind of went back to that. Uh, and now you have uh, this farm. How many acres do you have? It's it's approximately ninety acres, um, with about forty of that as tillable cropland, which has con- been converted all to grass and pasture lands for our livestock. Okay, and how much of each animal do you have uh, on the property? Um, it varies throughout the year. We we have what we call um, a meat chicken season, mm-hmm. which begins um, in early May and goes through about the end of September. Um, through the course of the season, we raise about three thousand meat chickens mm-hmm. in that time. So that's that's a busy time. Currently, we we have about four hundred laying hens on the farm um, that live on the farm year round. They're they're free ranging hens, um, and we pick about twenty two or three dozen of eggs per day. Um, <laughs> Yikes. And 
A lot of omelet. And then we, <laughs> we, we also um, have a couple of dozen hogs mm-hmm. on the farm. Um, and that, that'll range from anywhere from a dozen up to about 40 hogs at a time, um, depending on time of year and our butchering yeah. schedule and that sort of thing. We have a few cows. Um, the rest of the beef that goes into our CSA, we, we collaborate with, with another farm near Eureka, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, you, uh, you, you work with other farms uh, to, to do this. Uh, why is that? We, when we started out with the, the Meat CSA, or people asked, will you ever do it all yourself? And I'm like, no, because what we want is more farms doing what mm-hmm. we do. Um, another farm that we've collaborated with for about nine years now um, is La Prior Farms. And about eight years ago, we helped them establish their own farm to restaurant marketing channel. And which it, means what? It means um if you go to Butcher and Larder um at local foods, you can get La Prior Farms steaks, burgers and pork chops. They're they're selling at wholesale um at a retail establishment and then a lot of white tablecloth restaurants you can also get La Prior Farms pork and beef. Um and we we help them establish that We've been working with them with our our hog genetics mm-hmm. um, from the very start. So, um, you know, if you're at V out in Western Springs yeah, and, say, and you're having Verant. having some La Prior Farms pork, um, if you buy a Cedar Valley Sustainable CSA share, you're getting genetically the same the same pork um, for your everyday meal. I was looking at an article uh, in an interview you did, and 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 also looking at your website and learning stuff that I didn't know. And, and, and it's tricky to produce the kind of meat that people want. One of the things you said that really fascinated me was a person in, in your estimation is going to try grass fed beef once you got to grab them when they try it the first time, because they'll spend a little money, they're going to buy it. And if the product they get doesn't taste the way they think beef should taste, you've lost them forever. That, that that is that can be very true. Um, most of the beef that we put into the CSA share or sell at the farmers market is finished on grain. Um, we do at, we have in the past. We're not doing it this this season, but we do a completely seasonal, one time harvest a year grass fed only product. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we do that it's based on our calving schedule, which is early in the spring, and the fact that. The grass is is best at this time of year, in the, in the late fall after it cools off, it rains. Mm-hmm. Well, in um, the spring too, isn't it? Or is the, it... The, depending on on your schedule. For, yeah. For us, um, what we what we've done in the past is we've taken animals born early in the spring, and kept them on their mothers all the way through fall, grazing and nursing, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll harvest them like mid to late November. Um, when the black Angus cattle are actually in their ideal conditions, they're from Scotland, where it's cool and damp, and it they have lush, rich yeah. grass. And, and the point you're making here is that you can't get 100% grass fed all the time because we're in Chicago. The winter comes, stuff doesn't yeah. grow, and so you have to rely on grain from time to time, don't you? Um, or or they're they're eating dried forages yeah and they don't gain as well on dried hay as they do on lush green green pastures mm-hmm. so an animal that's butchered say in march is going to taste a lot different than one that's been eating grass um all all spring or all fall all right we got to get a plug in because we got two minutes left here uh let and i held this up earlier it is your whoa it is the uh thanksgiving turkey you are uh uh, partnering with Gunthorpe Farms in Indiana, right? Correct. Um, LaGrange, Indiana. It's in northeast Indiana. And you can get a fresh pasture-raised turkey delivered just in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, the price is $5.50 a pound. If you're a CSA member, uh, it's only $5 a pound. Uh, how does that compare with, with, uh, with other markets? Um, it's, it's more than a butterball turkey. Obviously. Um, obviously. It's 
it's but you um, know where it's been raised. You know what it's been raised on. We we know exactly how it's been raised, where it's been raised, and also who processed it. Mm-hmm. Because um, Gunthorpe Farms has their own USDA inspected facility on farm where the turkeys are processed just before they're delivered into the city. And if folks want one of these turkeys, they're going to be delivered Saturday, November 18th to Blue Island, Edgewater, Evanston, Logan Square, Naperville, Oak Park, and Ravenswood. It's a $50 deposit due with order. You go to cedarvalleysustainable.com slash turkey2017. You can also find the link at uh, my Facebook page on my website, MikeNovak.net, and I think people should take advantage of this. I'm going to go back up here and put this one more time so folks can see it there. Well, thank you, Jody Osmond, for joining us in the studio this morning. Thank, thank you. I had a great time. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you got to come by more often, okay? I know you're busy because you, you, you've got the... Farmers markets and stuff. I'm, but. I'm off to Temperance Tap now. Uh, okay, have a good time. My, my Evanston delivery, and then we'll I'll be, be back at, with Rita Mile right Island after this. Cafe later. Hi, folks. The Mike Novak Show is moving. No, it's not. Well, we won't be live on Saturday mornings anymore. Yes, but we'll still be right here live on Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Just like the old days. You mean last week? Yeah, something like that. So, what's the deal? The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki is leaving Saturdays and staying on Sundays right here on 1590 WCGO starting November 11th. I get it. You get it in. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Sundays from 9 to 11, only on Smart Talk. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Hi, this is Ron Calgan from Mighty House. We're on every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here live on 1590 WCGO. (laughs) Hello. Okay. I know, I know. There's new stuff in in the system, and uh, we're all getting used to it. And yes, Ron Calgill uh, and Mighty House sticking the, his nose into our show. Yes, really. Leave us alone, Ron. You get three hours on Saturday morning as it is. All right. And we're getting out of your way. We're moving to Sundays only. We're just getting out of the way. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Rick DeMaio is on the line. Before we get to him, one last point that Peggy wanted to make, and it's really an important one, and it relates to what we were talking to Jody Osmond about just before the break. With the rise of corporate meat, and you can go to any grocery store and get anything, eggs are available year-round, beef, chickens, pork, it doesn't matter, and looking at um, a slow meat movement or a sustainable meat CSA, what's the truth? The the, the truth is um, if you want a pasture-raised chicken raised within 150 miles of Chicago and you want to get that in December, it's going to have to be frozen. Um, fresh birds are just, just not a thing with sustain, sustainably raised, pasture-raised um, poultry or, or turkeys because there's no grass in December and January, 
and it's really cold. Well, and... the, the, now there isn't, but uh, Rick will tell us in a few years it'll be growing year-round mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah, when it's like Arizona yeah. here. Yeah. But it's the sa- same with eggs. If you're on an egg CSA, winter eggs versus summer. There, There's less of them in the mm-hmm. winter. Um, we... We have enough birds that even though production goes down because we're regularly bringing in new birds, um, their laying and molting schedule is is different for the within the flock. So we we continue getting eggs, but they're daylight dependent. When the days get really short, the hens take a break. Ah, there you go. All and right. then in the spring. You get, you get they, them. They They're shell back. out the eggs, if you've heard They're that. They're cranking them out in yeah. the spring. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, Jody Osmond from uh, Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm. If you want more information, you can go to their website, cedarvalleysustainable.com. Let's go to our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio. Good morning, Rick. Uh-oh, I said, good morning, Rick. Is he there? Good morning, Mike. Oh, hey, all right, there we are. All right, Brandon. Brandon just had a heart attack in in the control room there. He, he thought you. It's well, a dumpster right. fire. That's <laughs> okay. No problem. Uh, but, but you can you can hear me okay now, yes. right? Oh yeah, yes, yes. yeah. We're we're fine right. here. Uh, I, I think what happened is he called me on one line and it hung up, and then I had to call back. Ah. Okay. Well, we've been having issues on Facebook as well today. So and 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 I know Mark Zuckerberg listens to the show, and he just messes with me. So that's <laughs> that's that's what we're there doing. You go. Yeah. Yeah, him and the Russians. Uh, so, uh, hey, it's nice weather, and it's just, you know, it's weird. We had, like, this ridiculous weather, just beautiful weather for weeks and weeks, no rain, nothing going on. And then, right. it, and then it pours rain for about three days and, right. and floods my basement, and then, it, mm-hmm. and then it goes back to the other pattern right away, and there we are again. So here we are. I, I, I know it's this, in, in, you know, this high degree of variability just keeps uh, coming back at us more and more, and um, I know we, we couldn't, you know, kind of get on the phone last week on Sunday and do some, you know, last-minute updating, but I don't think I've ever seen uh, four to eight inches of rain in the month of October. Well, first off, we've never seen that before. That was a record uh, for a calendar day in the month of October, dating all the way back uh, to 1871. And it's interesting, Mike and Peg, but, you know, the fact that this happened right after um, a drought, uh, the fact that it happened in the month of October, which is typically um, one of the driest months of the year, because it usually follows, you know, drought. Yeah. Um, this was this was really really odd on two levels. Not only that it happened, but I know your basement flooded. But if you notice, there really wasn't a lot of flooding elsewhere across the Chicagoland area, mainly due to the fact that we were coming out of a drought. The rivers were low. The floodplains uh-huh. were able to handle the the, the, the you know the runoff. And the ground was dry. If you would have had a setup like this, say in the month of like April or May, you would still be talking about the flooding four or five days later. Notice how quickly it came and how quickly it went. Yeah, really good point. That's an excellent point. Yeah, so, my yard drained so quickly. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and my yard, I'll tell you, my yard didn't get any water. My basement did, but my yard didn't. <laughs> Well, you got to move out to your yard when it rains hard. I, <laughs> I think so. Well, I've, I've got good drainage in my yard and because I cultivate it a lot. I mean, and, and that's kind of the secret. I did look next door to the neighbors where they've got kids, and they compact the soil, and it was a lake. So there oh, were, I'm sure. Yeah, there's there's I'm no sure. drainage there, and that's probably part of my problem. Well, the problem was too much water and <laughs> sewers backing up, blah, blah. But yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a fascinating phenomenon that uh, occurred. Uh, what What's the big picture about that? You know what? I, I think you got to look at the overall uh, long-range pattern, which was basically this huge area of, of high pressure that was just basically sitting off the coast of Florida and just basically pumping up, you know, what we call this atmospheric river of air that came all the way from the western Gulf of Mexico right into northern parts of Illinois. Then you had this massive amount of cold air, which is now pushing into the northern uh, well, at least the Pacific Northwest, and it, and it kind of focused right over the Midwest. But even though we had four to eight inches of rain here, if you look at, I think I sent you one of those maps last week, mm-hmm. you literally had a, a four-inch rainfall uh, pretty much from just north of Kansas City to Detroit. And this was this was a, a, a two-day event that went on, um, well, like extended all the way generally from about, say, Rockford down to about uh, Springfield. It was phenomenal. But the fact that, again, it happened 
so quickly following a drought uh, was really quite remarkable. Now, if we if we kind of step forward a little bit away from the uh, from the heavy rain, um, I you know I go up in in and out of southern Wisconsin twice a week. I've been very disappointed. I think both of you agree with me. Very disappointed by the lack of color mm-hmm. in the trees. And and about a month ago, I was predicting that this was going to be yeah. a very vibrant fall. But I think it's clear that that drought, and not only the drought, but the intense heat that we had, just completely sapped the moisture from the leaves. And yeah. thus, we have, and I, I think, a pretty pathetic fall. Yeah, and most fall of the trees leaves. still have their leaves. Yeah, yeah. And, and usually, yeah. Peg, this is the time of the year where you start to really lose them. It's that... Yeah that last week or two of, of October. So I think the leaves are probably going to stay on the trees maybe a week longer, but I don't think we're going to see much color. You know, it's one thing having a drought, but when it's accompanied by temperatures in the low to mid-90s for seven straight, day, uh, seven straight days, again, something that we've never seen before, right. uh, the, the outcome at this point is pretty clear. And, and it was interesting because uh, I think a week after you predicted the beautiful color, we had an arborist on the show uh, who was saying, well, I don't know, it's really dry mm-hmm. out there, and we think that that might affect the color. And so it's it's interesting how you have to combine the disciplines to get oh, yeah. a, a true yeah. forecast. Yeah. Right, right. And and I was thinking more or less of what I'd seen in the past, but um, I think the arborist knows a little bit more about trees than I do yeah. at that point. So, 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 I, would, so I would definitely defer to her next time. So, Rick, I'm standing here in shock, as always, every year. Possible first frost freeze on your email this morning? Yeah, you know, and this is about normal. I mean, we're, we're typically about the second, third week of October that we normally get our first frost to freeze. So, uh, don't be too much in shock. I think probably you're feeling that way because we almost hit 80 degrees yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. So far for the month, we are running 8.4 degrees above normal. And if you look at all the Octobers dating back uh, all the way to 1871, that's 100 and what, 38 of them, we would literally, 136 rather, we would literally be the second warmest October yeah. ever on record. But of course, you have to go through 31 days and it does look like we're going to get much cooler around here. So I think that first frost or freeze peg could actually occur Wednesday night, but I think a definite possibility next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when we really begin to get into a cool pattern. Uh-huh. So mid-70s today, uh, near 70 or mid-60s tomorrow, near 70 on, on Monday, and then the bottom really drops out. By this time next week, uh, there could actually be snow flying through the air in northern parts of Wisconsin and UP of Michigan. No! Okay. Thanks, you- Thank you, Rick. I guess I better get the golf clubs out on Monday. All right. Thanks, uh, Rick. Thanks a lot. Also want to thank uh, Jody Osmond from Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Until then, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.